Welcome everyone to the Oave Torah Daf Yomi Shior. Today's Shior is Daf Chaf Gimel. We'll begin on Chaf Bet Amur Bet, about eleven lines in the bottom. Ben Shana Shaul B'Molcho. Okay, so uh, we're talking about Shaul Hamelech, and we're going to discuss some midrashim about Shaul. Ben Shana Shaul B'Molcho. Shaul was one year old when he ruled. Amar of Huna of Huna says. Now, obviously, he can't be one year old. A one year old is a can be more than a regent, right? Says the Gemara. Amar of Huna keben shana shalot ta'am ta'am chet. We mean that he's like a one year old that he he didn't taste a sin. He didn't do any sins in his life. We were talking before how he did one big sin, but he hadn't done any sins before that. Maybe we should say that he was a big Averadur, like a kid, because uh, we know that Averot are compared to uh, a person's feces. And in the olden days, you know, a one-year-old kid was always full of uh, of dirt. This is before Pampers. They, they, you know, they're full of dirt. You have to clean them often, but they're full of dirt. Maybe we're referring to a one-year-old. That means he has a lot of sins. In, when Rav Nachman said such a thing, in his dream, he had angels come to him to scare him. Amar, so he told them, I spoke too much against you, and he, the bones of Shaul ben Kish. So he's basically regretting what he said. He still saw them in his dream. Amar, he said, And at that point, he stopped. So you see from here, how are you, Shlomo? Good morning. So we see... We're on Chav Bet Amud Bet, towards the bottom of the page. So we see from here that he was wrong in his assessment of Shaul HaMelech. How come Shaul HaMelech's kingdom did not continue? Can you hear me, uh, Ivan? Ivan, you there? Yes, yes, I hear you. Okay, good. Why didn't it last? Because in Shaul HaMelech's family, he, was, uh, he had perfect lineage. And therefore, it leads to haughtiness. When a person has perfect lineage, it leads you to be very haughty, very, very full of gava. You don't make a guy in charge of Tibur unless he's got trouble in his family. Because if he gets full of himself, we tell him, turn around, look, look at your past. You have a bad past, don't get so haughty. And this way, because haughtiness is a dangerous thing. The reason why Shaul got punished because he was mochel on his kavod. person should not be mochel on his kavod, it sounds like over here, which we'll discuss soon. 
you would think that being mochel in your kavod is a good thing. Where are we exactly? We are now Amar Bihud Amar Rav on the bottom of Chav Ben Amar Bet. Three lines from the bottom. Amar Bihud Amar Rav. Why was Shaul punished? Because he did not, he gave up his kavod. It says that when they when they made Shaul the king, some people were mocking it, and they were making fun of it. It's this guy he can't do anything for us, right? And when they did that, Shaul should have been upset because technically king is not allowed to allowed to countenance that. He can't. He, he's not allowed to accept such things because that will put down the kingdom. And he did regardless. Right? He was quiet. It says that Nahash the Amoni was the first person to attack the Jews after Shaul became the king. And after that happened, they wanted to kill the people who said, who cares about Shaul? And Shaul said, no one's dying today. So a second time, he didn't say anything. It was two times he did it. The first time when they said it, he could have killed them. second time, after he won the battle and everyone wanted to kill him, he said, no one's dying today. So with their victory, no one's dying. Which also was giving up on his kavod, which is a dangerous thing for a tamichacham. Should not be too overly nice. Welcome, Harry. Harry, we're on the bottom line of Daf Chav Bet Amur Bet. Okay. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yochanan Meshum Rabbi Shmuel Meir Tzadak. Kol Tamir Haham, any Tamir Haham, she'eno nokem v'noter kinahash, who doesn't give do revenge and bear a grudge like a snake, eno Tamir Haham. If Tamir Haham does let allows someone to take advantage of him, he's not a real Tamir Haham. Uh, Ivan is very, very troubled, I could tell. Ivan, is that so? Why is that again? Repeat. I'm assuming you're very troubled by this statement. Is that so? Well, what's the statement? The statement was that any Tamir Chacham who doesn't take revenge or bear a grudge no. is not a Tamir Chacham. You could see that. You have no problem. Uh, you know, in the middle. You you have to, the can't be too nice. Okay. Okay. I hear you. I thought you'd be against this. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm glad you're for it. Anyway. Yes. Yes. I think it shows how dangerous um, arrogance is for a leader. Arrogance is less dangerous in, in a non-leader, but when a person's a leader, you're in danger of, of, of falling into the pit. You're helping other people, but you're going to fall in the pit of arrogance yourself. Thank you so much, Harry. I think I needed it today. Baruch Atah Everyone's got that. Everyone's bringing something. Yvonne, what are you bringing? Harry got me water. He's offering me a Z-Bag. What are you offering me? Okay. You ready? Now, ask the Gemara, 
v'aktiv lo tikom v'lo titor. How could you tell me that you have to do nikama? You have to be uh, do revenge. The pasuk says you're not allowed to take revenge. Says the Gemara, remind me to get back to the snake business. That's talking about money. Okay? The time you learned in the Brighter, Ezra what's called revenge? Ezra what's called holding a grudge? Nikima, taking revenge. The guy says, lend me your shovel. I'm all loved. So Shimon says, no, I'm not lending you my shovel. I don't trust you with my shovel. The next day, the next day, Shimon tells Ruven, lend me your axe. Now, Shimon didn't give him a shovel yesterday, right? Amaloi told him, any Mashiach, I'm not going to lend it to you. Because you didn't lend me a shovel. Zui Nikama. That's Nikama. You did a lav de oraita. Mabruk, you just did a lav de oraita. Okay? What's holding a grudge? Amaloi, the guy says, listen, lend me your. Uh, your your axe. He told him no. Next day he says, "Lend me your shirt." Amalo told him, "Hey, look, take it." Any I'm not like you who doesn't lend. I'm lending to you. See, So you see that you're not allowed to do any of those things with money. But if it's not money, then you can take a can take revenge. Okay, so if it's just. Uh, for pointing it out, that's okay. It's just in lending, you always lend. That's what it sounds like at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, even that is hard. Guy, the, the guy doesn't lend you something. You're not, not going to lend the next day. Definitely a very, very hard thing to. And the Torah, the, there is no scooch out of it. You, you really, Torah is really expecting you lend to lend it. Uh, it could be the only way you could get this done is if a person realizes that things that happen to you come from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If you have your emunah proper, and you know, you know, when this guy's not lending you a shovel, it's not Ruvain not giving you a shovel. That's Hashem saying, you need a little, you need a little, uh, little, little patch. You know, you need, you need, you need some, you need a little shahate. I mean, yeah, whatever. You understand? That's what Hashem's telling you. And if so, so you know, you're not going to bear a grudge against him, he's just a messenger. Right, and therefore you can hold it back. If, but without that, it's very hard. He doesn't deserve it. Why should I do it to him? But but your your job is not to be the one who decides who deserves what. You're working on yourself, working on your midot. Okay. Asking my vitzari to go for law. You're not allowed to take revenge even on personal. Uh, you're allowed to take revenge on when the guy bothers your your body without money. But then we learn. If a guy who suffers an insult and he, here we are recording. Uh, not when no one's here to do the zoom. Yeah. Good. But right now, I have Ivan. I was trying to go online yesterday. Nobody. It depends who's here. You know, there weren't so many people here yesterday. You know what I'm saying? We had, we had a light crowd. So if if the guys are here to do it, then no problem. But Joey wasn't here, and you like you like came in the middle. It was just like a light thing. So right now I have Yvonne on the phone, and we're recording like like the old days. If we get you know one day one day maybe we'll get a dedicated item and we'll figure it out. Okay. So, but the law. Don't 
If a person hears someone embarrass them and they don't answer back, if they're doing Hashem's work for, out of love and they're happy with their suffering, the pasuk says about them, those who love Hashem, it's like the sun going out in, 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 in its might. So a person who's able to listen to embarrassment and not answer is good. We're telling you, you like the sun at midday. So if we're comparing to that, it means it's a very good thing. So why are we telling you that you have to take revenge if you tell me, ha-ham, even on personal things, you're supposed to leave it. Zimbabwe is saying, no, really, you're right, you're not supposed to take revenge. When we say you're supposed to hold a grudge, it means you allow Hashem to do it. You don't do it yourself. You don't take revenge. You just keep it in, in your in your heart. Doesn't it sound like a person is if a person keeps his mouth shut, they get rid of your all your averot. It sounds like the best thing to do is if a guy embarrasses you, keep your mouth shut. Yalla. We just cleaned everything upstairs. Mar says, no, that's the advice of a fayes. That's if the guy who insulted you asks forgiveness. Then you forget it. And that's when we said that Hashem gets rid of all your sins. But if he didn't ask your forgiveness, then you should hold it in you. So that has to ask for forgiveness first. That's what it sounds like. So now, uh, it looks like they bring a summary on the bottom. They want to claim that if a guy mixes you over in a financial matter, then you're allowed to, you're not allowed to take a grudge. You have to completely forget about it. Okay? If it's personal, you could take revenge. But it's better to avoid it. But you get better if you avoid it? Yes. And personal things, yes. Okay. Okay? What's considered personal? Like, everything's like business. Like, how would someone hurt you if it's... I mean, I don't know. Like, they can insult your, fam- insult your family. They're not, 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 they insult you, insult your family personally. Okay. You're not losing money. Uh-huh. It's just right, right, right. mean. They're just being mean. You know, they didn't take away... They did not lend you something. They didn't do anything. Like, 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 embarrassing you publicly. If you don't say anything, you get better Right. Okay, well, you ask anything you're getting rid of getting like, getting rid of your sins. It's all it's there's major stuff going on here. Okay. This is very very this is very very relevant. Kimana, it's, it's, it's too bad. It's a very long daf. We can't talk about it too long, okay. but very very relevant. Kimana, uh, unfortunately, happens all, all too common, and uh, there's very few people who don't get issues with this in your lifetime. And it's a big opportunity. In a way, a guy insults you. It's like someone just gave you a, a, a trampoline. You, normally you could jump only this high. Now with the trampoline you could jump much, much higher. And you're getting much, much further because his his insult could be the catalyst for your your growth in many ways. If you're able to compress it in your brain and you're able to put it in your brain to say, it's not him, it's good for me, Hashem is in charge of the world, 
and put it out of your mind, that could be a catapult to great success in life. Mm-hmm. And forgiving sins. Or you could get pulled into the, the you know, the, the, bearing, the grudge, I'm not talking to him, I don't talk to them, I'm, which gets you nowhere. Guess what? It even works with your spouses. But we'll talk about that another time. Oh, wow. Okay. I should be in uh, the highest levels. As long as you don't answer. If, oh, you, no, if you don't answer. No, I do, I do. Okay, if you don't answer. <laughs> Sorry. It's much hard. It's very hard not to answer. Very hard. Very hard not to answer, but if a person does, it's, you can become big. Yeah. Sometimes they're wrong too. Okay, back to the Gemara. We said that in the, Mish- in the, Mish- in the Mikdash, they take out one or two fingers. This is a little... This Gemara is a little troublesome. We'll try to see if we, Hashem will give us a explanation today. If you're allowed to put out two fingers and be counted twice, of course you can put out one finger. Right? It's talking about a, 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 when we said that you could put out two, that's a guy who doesn't have control over his fingers. So therefore, he's had trouble putting out one finger. He's allowed to put two fingers. How a guy like this is serving Beth Mikdash? I guess that's the only problem with him, but he can still serve Beth Mikdash for other things. Right? Vatanya, we learned in the Brayta. Echad motzin, shtayim and motzin. You can put out one, you can't put out two. That's only by a healthy person can't put out two. But if it's a sick person, feel shtayim motzin, you can't take it, put out two fingers. Vayachidin motzin shtayim. And if it's a single guy, then he's able to put out two. Meaning, the only problem of putting out two is we're afraid you'll be counted twice. So if everyone is bunched together and you can't see the people, you only see fingers, then we're, you're in danger of counting one, guy, one guy's two fingers twice. And he has a double chance of being uh, selected. But if the people are standing separate, and you could see what you could see the guy. You're just counting fingers to avoid the isur of counting people. So then you can put out two five fingers. Makes no difference what you put out. We see you. So therefore, we're not going to count you twice. He could put out two. We count it as one. Okay. Ask the Gemara. We only count them as one. By the time we learned, you can't put out a middle finger or a thumb because we're worried about cheaters. If you put out a middle finger or a thumb, we're afraid that a guy will put out a middle finger and a thumb and, and you'll put out another one. You might put it out like this or you could put it out like this and you separate them, right? I'm putting out a V, like victory sign. Or I'm putting out a L, like with a thumb and a, and a forefinger. You can't do either of those because you might end up counting twice. If you put out a middle finger, Monino, we counted for him. It sounds like we counted for him. Okay. Says the Gemara. 
If a guy would stick it out, I'm sorry, Shlish Bonilo, if he puts out a second one, we'll count it. Godel, if he puts out his thumb and Bonilo, we won't count it because it's really cheatable. It's much more cheatable with the thumb than it is with the middle finger because the thumb is much further away from this. And and we won't count it for him. And not only that, we'll give him lashes. We, put, we give him lashes from the guy who's in charge of the Pakia. So says the Gemara, my Munilo Nami Ahat. When it says we count it, it doesn't mean count it for two, it means he counted for one. We thought it meant count for two. No, it means count for one. Says the Gemara, my, my Pakia. What does it mean a Pakia? Amar of Marda. Marda says, my, my, my Marda. Amar of Papa, my Tarka de, de Taya. De Pasi Referring to a certain whip, which has a split tip. So therefore, we're telling you that you're a guy, welcome Mark, who uses his whip? A guy who sticks, a coin who sticks up his fingers gets whipped. Amar Abaye says, "Meresh Hava Amina." In the beginning, where I thought, "Had the Tanan," this that we said in Mishnah, "Ben Babai Memuna Al Pakia." They said we said in the Mishnah we had this Mishnah before in Shikalim, if you remember. We said the guy we we were we were we were listing who was in charge of different things, and we said there was a guy called Ben Bagai who was in charge of the Pakia. So Abayi says, originally I thought, Patilta, I thought he was the guy in charge of the wicks. I thought Pakia was a wick. Like we went to the Mishnah. It says that when they would make the wicks for the Minora, they would make it out of the worn out belts and and they would get the fabric from the worn-out belts of the Kohanim, the clothes of the Kohanim. So since the words were Mafkiin, I thought it meant the guy who lights. Kevin the Shema once I heard the bright that we said before, I saw that the guy gets Malkut from a Pakia, Amina, so I figured out this guy, Ben Babai, must have been the guy in charge of whipping people. It was the guy in charge of whipping people, who were stepping out of line, he was it. Amina, my Pakia Nagida. So I see that Pakia is the guy who's in charge of the whip in the Beit Mikdash. Okay? So far, so clear. Uh, the only thing I wasn't so clear about, I'm not so sure how a guy, how the guys are standing in a way that they could stick out two fingers like this and get counted twice. Right. Uh, it's only hands in the middle. I still don't... I, I, I'm trying to figure out... I'm here, you're you're here, and you're not going to realize there's so many fingers in the middle. I guess everyone's sticking their hands like this. And this guy's trying to do this, so he gets counted. But when, you know what I'm saying? With other people's hands. Like, there's a lot of hands here, and the coin will count it twice. But if you land on him and you see the other one's out, you can see that he'll put it down. I'm trying to figure out exactly how the mistake would happen. I don't have it clear. If anyone can figure it out, I appreciate it. Okay. Maaseh, there's a story. That both of them were running up the ramp. Maaseh, the story with two Kohanim. This is a different writer. We told you the guy pushed the other guy off in the Mishnah. Remember that? Okay. We have a worse story here. Maaseh, there's a story with two Kohanim. They were both running up the ramp. One of them came within four amot of 
his friend, meaning he beat his friend. Now tell the guy who lost the race took a knife and stabbed him in his heart, and he killed him. In the Beit Midrash. In the Beit Midrash. Yeah. Oh, so Rabbi Eliez, Rabbi Sadok stood on the steps of the Ulam, and he cried out. My brothers, Beit Yisrael, listen. The Pasuk says by Eglarufa that if you find a dead man in between two cities, you have to measure to the closest city, and the, the, the elders have to come out and they have to kill the calf and do a whole Eglarufa ceremony. Who should bring the Eglarufa in this case? Should it be Yerushalayim, the city of Yerushalayim? Or should it be the people who live in the Azarah, the Kohanim? And everyone started crying. And the father of the kid came. He saw that he's lying on the floor. And Hazid, he's, he's dying. So the father said, look, he's a kapara for all Klai Yisrael now. He says, my son is still moving. He's not dead yet. And therefore, the knife is not Tameh. Don't think the knife got Tamehified. He's being on top of whether the knife's Tameh. We see from here, In those days, they thought that they, they, they were careful with the Tahara of their Kelim. They were so careful with the Tahara of Kelim, even more than murder. Because he's talking about the Talakilim more than the murder. You know, he try, the Gemara is trying to point out over here, you know, we who live in a time when we don't have to worry about whether something's Tahor Tameh, right? We, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even pay attention to any of these things. In those days, if you're a Kohen, you have to be on top of every Sheretz and everything, and people were so on top of stuff that it became an obsession. And here this guy even, you had to be on top of it a little bit, but, but he... he it's even it's, he's so obsessed with it that it's even outweighing the murder of his son right it also says that Minashe killed a lot of people till he filled Yerushalayim with blood So I guess you see from here that since there was the time of King Menashe, actually this is not the time of King Menashe, but from the time of King Menashe, who was such a murderer, people were not so careful with murder. People were were quick. When you live among murderers, murder go, comes light in your eyes. You know, uh, America used to be full of murderers. France full of murderers. In the olden days, it was common to murder somebody. You have a guy who insults you, Take out your knife, challenge him to a duel, and murder him. Right? So people get insensitive to murder. So if a guy ins- you think a guy insulted you, so you can murder him. If you live among murderers, then you can see people doing these things. And so all the going used to be murderers. This was rare by the Jews, but by the going of course, murder, murder people left and right. Okay. Hand ma sekodem. So the Gemara wants to know we had two stories. One story where the guy got pushed off Mark and he broke his leg, and one story where they killed somebody. Which one was first? 
Okay? One's in the bright, and one's in the Mishnah. If you say the murder one was first, if the guy got murdered, and you didn't make the rule that they should make a lottery, you're gonna, after the guy breaks his leg, you're going to make a lottery? Doesn't make sense? You with me, Harry, or no? Yeah. You understand the question? Yep. The guy, once the guy got murdered, why didn't you make the rule? We, we switched it to, to lotteries, right? So what, the mission says you switch the lottery after the guy broke his leg. You shouldn't when the guy got murdered, you just ignored it? Yeah. El must be that the guy broke his leg first. Says but if they if you tell me that first the guy broke his leg, then right the mission says that right after they broke his leg, they made the rule they're going with lottery. So they went with lottery. How did this guy lose the race? There was no race, there was a lottery. You with us or no? How did he get killed? Really, the case is first the guy died, was stabbed. And when they saw the guy stabbed, they said, No, this is a crazy story. This is a, a one in a million case. We don't have to change the rules for this. That's what they thought. Once they saw that even the guy got pushed off, he didn't, it wasn't a murderer guy, and yet he got pushed off. Right? Once they saw that happen, they said, okay, that's it. It's dangerous. Now we have to have a, a, a raffle. Okay? We're quoting the story. Rabbi Sadok stood on the steps of the Hechal and he said, um, can Yerushalayim ever bring a Galarufa? I thought Yerushalayim was exempt from a Galarufa. The time didn't we learn it? There's ten things we said about Yerushalayim. One of them is, turn the page, and we be a Galarufa, that it can't be a Galarufa. Also, you only bring a Galarufa if you don't know who killed the guy. In this case, we saw the guy who killed him. Why do you need a Galarufa? Why is he saying, oh, we need a Galarufa? Rabbi Sadok is just trying to uh, dramatize it. And therefore, he's br- talking about a Glarufa to get everyone to cry more. But really, of course, there was no question that it wasn't going to be a Glarufa because we know the guy and it's Yushalayim. It wasn't, wasn't relevant. Okay. So we said in the Brighta, Ba'aviv Shotinok, the father of the kid came. And he found him that he was still moving. And therefore, Amar, he said, This is your kapara. You see then that people were more worried about killing him than they were about murder. They were, they were immune to murder. Do we mean that, that they didn't care much about murder? But, but they were good when it comes to Kilim, their, their attitude was correct regarding Tahara and, and lenient when it came to murder. <coughs> or oh, maybe the opposite. Maybe maybe they had the right attitude towards murder. But they're very, very strict about Kilim, which means, what was going on when we analyzed this thing? Yes, he came and he spoke about his son. And he spoke about the the the... the is that because he had a healthy fear of murder? 
that was proper. Just he was, he was, he had exaggerated fear of getting something, getting tameh. And therefore, even though he was really heartbroken because it's his son, and murder meant a lot to him, but Kilim is is very, very exaggerated, and therefore was more than murder? Or no, really, he had the, a normal amount of Kilim, but murder was low, and he had the wrong attitude towards murder, and that's why he's focusing on the knife. You with us? We, we don't know what was what was right and what was wrong. Tashma will bring a proof which was right and which was wrong. <coughs> when the Pasuk says, that Menashe killed a lot of people, the fact that we threw in that extra Pasuk, that Menashe killed a lot of people, we see that really his Tarat Kilim was average and his murder thing was too low. And that was the problem. His murder um, sensitivity was too low. And his Tarat Kilim was normal. It's just that his murder sensitivity was too low. Tanu Rabbanan. Okay. Now, we're going to go a little bit further. We'll get a little bit more done, but then we'll leave the rest for tomorrow. Okay? Now, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Before we start further, let's give you a little introduction. In order to get the introduction, I'm going to read you some, some Pesukim from my Pamitsa uh, Parsha, Parshat Sav. Okay? In Parshat Sav, it starts off. Now the pasuk, next pasuk says here, the kohen has to wear midobad, his his size of cloth, and pants of bad. He used to wear on his on his body. And then Vehenimit addition, and then he takes, then he has to separate the ashes on the Mizbeach and put it by the Mizbeach. Then you take off your clothes, and wear other clothes. And then carry out all the ashes. So there's two separate Avodahs going on over here. Avodah number one is something called Tirumat Hadeshin. Tirumat addition means separating the ashes. You have a big pile of burnt stuff. You have to separate ashes. That's called tirumat addition. Usually tirumat indicates that you're giving something. Here, you're just separating. Okay? Now, then you have v'hotziyat addition. Now, the first one, it says, by the by the tirumat addition, it says they have to wear pants and, and a cloak. Okay, midobat and mechnesebat. And by hotzaat <coughs> edition, it says you have to take off your clothes and put all the clothes on, and then take it out. Okay? So now the Gemara will be discussing these two things. So remember what they are? Tirumat edition is separating, where it says you have to wear two different clothes, pants and shirt. And then there's taking out hotzaat edition. It doesn't say, it says you're wearing other clothes and you take them out. Is that clear? Yeah. Okay. Tanur Rabbanan. We have a bright day. You with us, Ivan, or no? Yep, follow. Tanur we learned in a bright Ufashat vilavash. It says that he takes off and he puts on. That's referring to 
להוצאת הדשן, אוקיי? שמני כדרך יום כיפורים. I would assume it's like Yom Kippur. Sheposheh b'gdei kol, shlovesh b'gdei kol. That you take off your holy garments, that you do for, for, for um, hotza'at edition, you have to wear holy clothes. V'lavash b'gdei kol, and you put on your regular street clothes. That's what I would have thought it meant. Right? Again, it says you take off, you put on. So you're wearing clothes, and you put on street clothes. Tamuluvar upashat b'gdei v'lavash b'gdei mechanim. It says you wear other clothes. We connect... Is a hekesh of the the clothes that you're putting on to the clothes that you're taking off. Malam bigdei kolsh, afkam bigdei kolsh. Just like just like the ones you took off were holy clothes, so too the ones you put on are holy clothes. Imken, if so, matam alachani. Why does it call it other garments? Pechutimim. It teaches us that when you take out the deshin, you have to wear less good clothes. It's just as holy. It's just not as nice. Either a little worn out. Or it's not as nice linen. But yes, they have to be holified clothes according to this opinion. That's Tanakama. Remember, Tanakama is saying that when we said Vigadim Achirim, we're t- coming to show you no, don't think that, that you t- you're going, taking out the dish in street clothes, you're taking on holy clothes that are not as nice. Okay? Now, remember, there's it, Omer, Achirim Vehotzi. Other people take it out. We learn from here, according to this, this word Achirim is telling you, not that it's other, we're reading it a little differently, we're putting the comma somewhere else. You wear clothes, and then you put a comma there, and say, Achirim, other people, could take out the, clothes, the stuff. And it's coming to tell you not what clothes you wear, but something totally different. It's coming to teach you who could take it out? Other people who can't do the Avodah the Bekvidash could also take out the, the ashes. Who is that? A guy with a moom. If you have a Kohen with a moom on his body, he's pasul to do the Avodah the Bekvidash. But you know what he's allowed to do according to Eliezer? He's allowed to do Hotza'at Hadeshin. How do we know? Because if you put the Kama after, after Bigadim, so Bigadim, Achirim Vehotzi. Other people could take it out. You with me, Mark? So again, Tanakam is saying different clothes. Rebelez is saying different Kohanim. Amar Mohor, so Tanakam has said, Pechotim, Achirim Pechotim, they have to wear lesser clothes. Tanakam is real, Tanakam is real. Begadim should be shelbem kidele lebo, lem zogbem kosa lebo. If, just like a cook, shouldn't wear his cooking clothes to give his clothes to the master, he should wear when he presents it, he should wear clothes that don't have a stain on it. Right. So too, when when we're carrying out the ashes, we don't wear the same clothes that we use for the Avodah. That's according to Tanakama. Um, now, Rabbi Eliezer said that a Kohen with a moon is allowed to do Hotza'at Hadeshim. Right? That Rabbi Lezir is a Tana. Tanakam is a Tana, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, there's a Machloket Amoraim, who come much after the Tanaim in the Gemara. What Rabbi Lezir meant, when Rabbi Lezir says that a Balmum could take out the ashes, is he saying take out the ashes and also he'll allow separating the ashes throughout the dish too, with the Balmum? 
or maybe he specifically meant only taking out and not separate. Let's see the inside. Amar Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish says, just like there was a machloket about carrying it out. The Tanakhama says, Balaimum can't. Herbeza says they can. The Tanakhama will say, Balaimum can't. And Herbeza says they can. Rabbi Yochanan, no. Machloket is only by taking it out. But when it comes to the Tumat Adeshin, everyone agrees that when you're talking about Haramat Adeshin, Tumat Adeshin, that has to be. It's an avodah in the Beit Hamikdash, and since it's an avodah, no balimim could do it according to Rabbi Yochanan. Okay. Says the Gemara, Maitama Rishakish. What's Rishakish reason? Why he says this? Why Rishakish say that e- that balimim could even do to do what addition? He says, Isal kedaytek avodahi yeshe avodah shikshabeshlekeli. He says. If you think it's avodah, if you think tirumat adeshin, separating the adeshin, is an avodah, how can it be that the pasuk only says that you're wearing pants and a cloak? All the other avodah and the Beit HaMikdash require the Kohen Hedyot to wear four different clothes. The, the pants, the cloak, the, the belt, and the hat. Here it just says, pants and the cloak. No belt and hat. So the fact that you see that it doesn't mention belt and hat means he's not wearing a belt and hat. And if you're not wearing a belt and a hat, it means you're not part of the avodah. We never see avodah like that. Must be it's not avodah. If it's not avodah, then why can't the Baal Mum do it? What's not avodah? Taking it out? No, separating. Because separating. separating says you wear the hat and the thing. By separating, it says you wear the hat. No, by separating, it says you wear the pants and the shirt. Right. By, by carrying it out, it says you wear other clothes. Now, others either means other clothes, according to Tanakama, or it means other Kohanim, according to Beliezer. Right. But we're explaining now, according to Rish Takish, Rish Takish explains to Beliezer that it's also arguing about Tirumat edition, whether Balmum could do it, right. according to Beliezer. But it didn't say other clothes by, by Tirumat edition. It, it didn't say that, but, but, but the fact that we see... According to Rabbi Shakish, the fact that we see that you're wearing two clothes shows that it's, it's also, you're right, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Saying, wouldn't typically you change your clothes for Tudumat edition and Matat edition? Are you saying, why would it say only by beginning Acherim sounds like only by Matat edition, not by Tudumat edition? Because it specifically says you're changing clothes. So how's he getting away with saying it? Oh, and 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 Rish, and Rebbez is saying it means changing Kwanim. Yeah, is that true? He's saying it means changing Kwanim. So why wouldn't it say it by the first one? Why are we learning it from the second one? I guess the, we're learning it from. from well, the Gemara will say why, why it does like that. Okay. Oh, there's a Gish. Is there ever allowed to do Avodah Shtekelim? What does Rabbi Yochanan say? According to Rabbi Yochanan, he says, you're right, it only says two clothing. But it means you have to wear four. It told you about two, and the other one you figured out. Obviously, wearing these two, I'm probably wearing the belt and the hat too. He doesn't agree that they're walking, that there's a big machlok of Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yochanan 
when you did Tirumat Adeshin, what were you wearing? Either two clothes or four. Were you wearing two or four? Rabbi Yochanan says you're wearing four. says wearing two. Maishnahani. So, according to Rabbi Yochanan, why did you pick these two to mention? If you hold that we're wearing all four, this is the only question according to Rabbi Yochanan. According to Rabbi Yochanan, if you hold that you're wearing all four, so why would we mention only these two? Right? If it's four, why are you mentioning two? Middobad. We mentioned that you're wearing the, the, the tunic, to teach you that it has to be according to his size. It can't be too long or too short. It has to fit him exactly. That's why there was a job of a fitter who used to put on the clothes. His job was to make sure that everyone was wearing it exactly his size. Can't drag on the floor. Can't be too high to show his legs. It's got to be exactly the right size. Why does it mention Mechnesebad? It comes to teach you that it has to be on your body, al basaro. Teach you that you can't wear anything under it. God can't wear boxers underneath his mechnesebad. He has to wear it directly on your body. Okay? So therefore, we mention these two because we have to teach you something about each one. And that's why we didn't mention all four. These two we want to teach you. Number one, it has to be the right size. Number two, it has to be, be on your body. That's what, that's what Yochanan I'm talking Rishlakish bidokimito. According to Rishlakish, how does he know that it has to be the right size? Mido kimito. Is the fact that mido, as opposed to saying mido, the fact that pasuk used the word mido as not kutonto, teaches you that it's got to be his size. Mido means measurement. He learned the word al You don't need mechnesibad, you bashar basaro. He learned from the word al We're going to stop over here at the words neima kitanai, because tomorrow will take over. Okay, neima kitanai, right towards the bottom of Chav Gimel Amen, Amen.